Welcome to this week's presentation with Scott Toole. We are thrilled to have you joining us as we gain insight from God's Word. Now, speaking from Rosedale Baptist Church in Baltimore, Maryland, here's Pastor Toole. Uh, we started uh, Wednesday night, the book of Judges. We've been, obviously, for the last five, six years, starting Genesis and then Exodus, uh, Leviticus, walking through the Old Testament uh, the second time. I've already been through the whole Bible uh, one time, second time. Uh, and, and as you know, Moses was the leader from Exodus to Deuteronomy. Forty years, uh, he was the leader from Exodus uh, to Deuteronomy. And then, uh, if you were with us, most of these have been on Wednesday nights, midweek service. Some of them have been uh, Sunday morning. But, but uh, after Moses, then Joshua. Joshua, uh, in the book by his namesake, uh, was the leader for about 53 uh, years uh, and now there's a leadership change. Uh, we're going into the judges, and when you think judges, don't think of a guy in a long robe, a powdered wig, and a gavel wrapping. Not that kind of a judge. Uh, it's a leader that God chose that's doing something uh, for his kingdom. Uh, and of course, in Samuel, we're, we'll go into the monarchy where the kings that uh, uh, then come onto the scene. But, but we're going to see people like Deborah and Bavrak and Jael and uh, Gideon and Samson. And we're going to see a whole lot of uh, some great leaders, uh, some short-lived leaders, uh, some leaders that, that weren't too much to write home about. We're going to see all of them, uh, all of them. Uh, in fact, look at verse uh, number one of chapter one. Now, after the death of Joshua, uh, it came to pass that the children of Israel asked the Lord, saying, who shall go up for us against the Canaanites first to fight? Uh, who's going to go up first? Who's going to lead us into battle? Uh, Moses is no longer here. Joshua uh, now uh, is no longer here. Who's going to be the leader uh, now? And it's not just about leadership lessons that we're going to be looking at, um, uh, whether uh, it's a boss at work or uh, whether as a leader or a teacher or a uh, mentor or a uh, parent. Uh, all of us are going to need all of these messages because all Scripture is given by inspiration of God uh, and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness uh, that the man of God, that the woman of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Boy, we need the whole counsel of God. Uh, and so for the next two months, we're going to be looking uh, at some highlights of Judges uh, and, of course, also on Wednesday night, uh, walking through that uh, also. But look at verse number 7, if you will. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being a hundred and ten years old. They buried him in the border of the inheritance of Timnath-Haraz in the Mount of Ephraim on the uh, north side of the hill Gash. And uh, also all that generation were gathered uh, under their fathers, and there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which we had done for, for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods, of the gods of the people that were round about them, and bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord God to anger. Uh, we're looking at leadership. Uh, whether it's a Sunday school teacher in your case or a parent in your case or a boss at work in your case, all of us 
uh, have influence. All of us are, to an extent, uh, a leader that can use these. Now, uh, in our passage, I see three generations of leaders. Write them down, if you will. Uh, you first have Joshua. Uh, that's that Joshua generation. Uh, and then uh, you have Joshua's followers. Uh, and, of course, Joshua, uh, 110 years old, he's uh, going to be pictured by the rocking chair, 110 years old. Uh, and then you have Joshua's followers, uh, those that were younger, those that uh, weren't quite as involved. And then, uh, thirdly, you're going to have the followers of Joshua's followers, uh, and that's a high chair. And so we have all three represented here, uh, all three generations of, uh, of leadership here. Uh, for Joshua, understand, verse 7 says, he did great works for the Lord. Or, or the Lord did great works through him. Uh, you talk about someone who walked with God, had a personal relationship with God, was, was uh, in, in union uh, with God. Remember Joshua was one of the two spies when 12 men went to spy in Canaan? Ten were bad, two were good. Uh, ten came back and said, the cities are walled up to heavens, Kadesh Barnea, uh, going into Canaan. Uh, and uh, everyone's a giant. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. Uh, Joshua was one of the two that said, let us go up at once. Uh, we be well able to take it. Yes, we're like grasshoppers in their sight, but they're like grasshoppers in God's sight. Well, that's Joshua. Did great things, great works for the Lord. Uh, Joshua was one of two uh, that was allowed to go in uh, to the promised land. Probably the biggest uh, feat he had was to follow the leadership of Moses. Uh, not only followed him, but fulfilled and furthered so much of what Moses uh, started. Uh, Joshua uh, led all Israel through the parting of the Jordan River. Not the Red Sea, that's Moses, but the parting of the Jordan River. Uh, Joshua saw the walls of Jericho uh, fall flat. Uh, unbelievable exploits and uh, an unbelievable working of God through him. For the most part, uh, led all Israel uh, into the promised land, conquering, for the most part, uh, all of uh, Canaan. Joshua, Joshua, uh, that was Joshua. Wasn't it Joshua that said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord? That's Joshua. Uh, but then notice the next generation are the followers of Joshua. The followers of Joshua, verse 7. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua, all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. Now, uh, the followers of Joshua weren't necessarily walking with God as intimately as Joshua was. Uh, they, they didn't necessarily see the vibrancy and that supernatural working of God uh, through them, but they did see the great works that Joshua uh, had done. Uh, and for the most part, they served the Lord every step uh, of the way. And so, uh, Joshua, and then you have the followers of Joshua, but then uh, you have the followers of Joshua's followers. Is everyone following this so far? Uh, look at verse number 8 again. And Joshua, the son of Nun, servant of the Lord, died, 110 years old, 10. And also that generation were gathered unto their fathers. And so Joshua gone, and now followers of Joshua are gone. And also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers. There arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. Now this generation saw them. Uh, this generation was blessed by them, uh, but this generation did not necessarily 
uh, see them. It's a lot like Psalm 44.1. Uh, we've heard with our ears, uh, our fathers have told us uh, what things you did in their times. Uh, this generation just simply heard about uh, the works of God, heard about uh, the things of God. They never saw it for themselves. Now, this generation did. This generation did. Uh, and it was this generation that was telling them uh, about all of the great workings uh, of God, that first generation, Joshua's generation, involved in, uh, a part of, personal relationship with the Lord, the next generation simply saw the great works that were done, uh, were, were around during uh, the time those great works were done, uh, were actually blessed by uh, those great works that were done. Uh, this generation here, they only heard about uh, the great works. Uh, we've heard with our ears, uh, our fathers have told us what things you did in their generation. Can I say this as a dad? Uh, I don't want my kids just to hear me talk about, boy, uh, uh, dad was a Sunday school teacher for a while, a long time ago. Now, you've never seen that. Uh, you, you've never uh, realized that. But let me tell you about what God did back then. I don't want them to just hear about uh, a church that was blessed by God, a, 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 a God that, that was moving in our life. Hey, I don't want them to just hear about it I want them to be a part of it, uh, to be under the blessings of it. Uh, in fact, I want them to have a relationship with God themselves. Is everybody with me so far? And so Joshua's generations, uh, they did the work, uh, involved in the work, uh, were a part uh, walking with the Lord. This generation simply saw the blessings, were, were under the blessings, but this generation uh, didn't see it, they didn't know it, they uh, weren't a part uh, of it. Now, uh, where this generation served the Lord, uh, all the days that the elders outlived Joshua, that one did. Hey, how did they live over here? Look at verse number 11 again. And, and the children of Israel, third generation, uh, not a Joshua generation, not a first generation Christian, uh, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods, of the gods of the people that were around about them, and bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord God to anger. Hey, listen closely. There's a natural slippage from one generation to the next generation. There's a natural slide from one generation uh, to the next generation, uh, to the next generation. A natural slip, a natural slide. For instance, let me just kind of explain it a little bit. Uh, that Joshua generation was characterized by commitment. Commitment. Both feet in. Uh, absolutely involved in. Uh, invested in. Hey, Christ died for me. I'm willing to die for him. Uh, typically, the next generation isn't so much commitment, the next generation a lot of times uh, is compromise on, okay, I'm not both feet in, but I am in. Uh, I'm not all the way. I didn't dive into the deep end of the pool. Uh, I'm kind of testing the waters a little bit. Uh, oh, yes, I heard that Christ died for me. Hey, I'll decide whether I uh, live for him. And so this generation, commitment. This generation, compromise. This generation, conflict conflict, uh, conflict. 
Uh, there's a natural slippage. There's a natural slide. Uh, it's not about having one foot on both sides of the fence here. They could care less where the fence is. Uh, their feet are only where they want them to be over here uh, with no consideration to a walk with God uh, themselves. Okay, so that slide, that slippage. For instance, this generation, that first generation, boy, is all about that relationship with God, that, that communion with God, that, that reading my Bible and praying and having a memory verse that I take with me and uh, all, all, about, all about the Lord, all about the Lord. And of course, uh, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, old things passed away, all things become new. Their life is changed. Now, this generation isn't so much about the relationship as much as the rules that were derived from this generation's relationship. Uh, well, I do this, I don't do that, because of my relationship with God. Uh, I, I live like this, I don't live like that. Uh, because the Holy Spirit of God convicted me about that, uh, this generation, a lot of times, if they don't develop a walk with God themselves... Uh, they'll simply be living, not in a relationship, uh, they'll simply be living uh, by the rules. Uh, this generation lives in rebellion because they have no idea why the rules are there. Uh, they have no idea why uh, we can't do that or we can do this or, or uh, show me in the Bible where, where we have to be at church. And I don't, I don't understand, I don't get that. Uh, the reason behind the rules were never conveyed to them. Is anyone following this at all? In 1 Corinthians 3, the Bible uses three categories. It talks about the spiritual, saved, and spiritual walking with God, uh, the Spirit of God uh, working through them, in them, transforming them, blessing them. Uh, but it also talks about the carnal, the carnal. Oh, oh yeah, saved, saved, but not necessarily living a spiritual life. Uh, not necessarily listening to the still small voice of God. Uh, their devotions are sporadic. They, they, they read once in a while. They go uh, attend once in a while. Sporadic, sporadic. And so uh, the spiritual, the carnal, saved, walking with God, uh, saved, living for self, uh, the carnal. Uh, and then the third category is the natural. They're not saved. Uh, and if you're not saved, you're usually going to live like you're not saved. Is anybody with me at all? Boy, that, that natural slippage, that, that natural slide, that natural slippage, that natural slide. Well, pastor, give me an example in the Bible about that. Uh, okay, I'll give you a couple. Uh, Abraham was the dad. Uh, Isaac was the son. Uh, Jacob was the grandson. Abraham, Isaac, uh, and Jacob. Uh, if you look at it, Abraham almost always built an altar before he ever dug any wells. Almost always. Uh, he was living for God first. God first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. God first. It's interesting because his son almost never built an altar. Now, he did a couple of times, but almost never built an altar until he had already built wells, dug wells. Uh, because he wasn't God first. He was about things first. Uh, he didn't set his affection on things above. Uh, he set his affection on things of this earth. Abraham, God first. Uh, uh, Isaac, uh, things first. Uh, Jacob was all about self first. 
self first. Boy, I want that birthright, uh, even if I have to break a relationship with my brother. I want that blessing, uh, even if I have to lie to my dad about it. Uh, commitment, compromise, uh, uh, conflict. God first, uh, things first, uh, self first. Is anyone following the flow? Uh, okay, uh, think about them again. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham, two times, uh, two times, uh, told a half-truth about Sarah, his wife, two times. Uh, now, it's kind of funny because uh, going into the town, uh, he, he was afraid for his life, and so, uh, Sarah, don't tell them that you're my wife or uh, they'll kill me and they'll take you. Uh, tell them you're my sister so they only take you. I don't know. Anyway, uh, and so, uh, tell them you're my sister, and when he was called on it, he gives the explanation she is my sister. She's the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. Uh, and she became my wife. Uh, if you have to give that much explanation for your sin, guess what? It's sin. So uh, here he is, Abraham, telling a half-truth. It's interesting because Isaac uh, goes to the same place that Abraham did that. One of the times, uh, Gerar, uh, that, that city, uh, and Isaac did the same thing with Rebekah. Now the difference was... Uh, where Sarah was Abraham's half-sister, Rebekah wasn't his sister at all. And so uh, Abraham was telling half-truths. Uh, uh, Isaac was telling bold-faced lies. Uh, Jacob, what was his nickname? Jacob the, uh, Jacob the deceiver. Uh, lying to his brother. Lying to his parents. Lying to his dad. Uh, lying to Laban. Uh, lying to his wives. Hey, there's a natural slippage from generation to generation. Uh, there's a natural slide. Now, I also understand that God can uplift someone uh, and, and place them in that, that Joshua generation. Jacob, when he came face to face with the angel of God, wrestling with God, had his name changed, had his character changed, uh, touching the hollow of his thigh. But I'm talking about, for the most part, for the most part, there's a natural slippage. For the most part, there's a natural slide. Do you want me to give you a couple more Bible examples of this? Um, one generation to the next. Uh, okay, it's not uh, familial, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but, but uh, how about just leadership? Uh, Abraham, Lot, and his kids. Lot was his nephew, so it's not my son, my son. Abraham, uh, Lot, uh, and his kids. Let me put it this way. Abraham walked with God. Abraham walked with God. Lot walked with a man who walked with God. He was blessed by Abraham's walk with God. Uh, he was benefited by, by Abraham's uh, relationship with God. When, when it came time for Abraham and Lot to split, uh, Lot collapsed. Lot's life uh, was, was shredded because he never developed a walk with God himself. Uh, how about his daughters? Uh, if you believe there's four, some believe two, four. Uh, his two older daughters that were married, uh, when Lot went to them in Sodom and Gomorrah, when the angel of the Lord was dragging them out of town, uh, 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 his Christianity was laughable to his daughters. Uh, he appeared to them as one that mocked. 
hey, God's going to judge this town. We need to get out of here. They were laughing at him because they never saw him walk with God. They never saw him uh, read his Bible. They never saw him uh, in a spiritual place himself. Uh, He simply was walking with a man who walked with God. Uh, And that natural slippage, that natural slide, those are his two oldest daughters. His two younger daughters actually got him drunk uh, and birthed heathen nations by way of him. Now, I'm I'm talking about, um, okay, let me put it this way. Uh, Our kids will usually center on our circumference. Okay, Uh, here's who I am almost always. This is how I live. This is the heart of who I am. Now, once in a while, I'll allow that. Uh, Once in a while, I'll kind of wink at that. Hey, be careful because your kids will end up uh, doing what you allow in extremes. Uh, They'll end up centering who they are. I could give you uh, David, who had that that one-time adultery. Solomon, 700 wives, 300 concubines. Uh, Rehoboam, who destroyed the kingdom. Uh, I could give you Eli, uh, Hophni, and Phinehas, uh, and Ichabod. Uh, Time after time after time, uh, you see there's a natural slippage. There's a natural slide from one generation uh, to the next. One generation Uh, to the next. And so, um, um, uh, uh, understand, uh, our our kids uh, usually, uh, if you draw a circle around, okay, this is who I am, but once in a while, once in a while, this is what what I allow, keep in mind, your kids are going to center their lives uh, on the circumference of you, almost always. And I'm, I'm, again, uh, the disclaimer is God can reach down and pick up uh, and reset this whole thing. Uh, that's why a lot of times you'll see an evil king followed by a good king, followed by an evil king, uh, followed by a good king, uh, uh, because God intervened and reached down. But for the most part, our kids are going to center on our circumference. And yeah, every once in a while, what they do every once in a while will be in the heart of who we are, but, but also every once in a while, our kids will be so far. I'm talking about uh, a Sunday school class. I'm talking about uh, a mentor that you're speaking into. I'm talking about uh, the influences you have. I'm not just talking about parents. I'm talking about leadership as a whole. Boy, uh, they'll end up being so far over here. And then that next generation will be over here. uh, And what they allow, what their circumference is, uh, won't ever touch what that first generation's circumference uh, is. Is this making sense to anybody at all? I think that's why Exodus chapter uh, 34 talks about uh, visiting the iniquity of the fathers uh, upon the children and upon the children's children under the third and fourth generation. Now keep in mind, how we live doesn't predestine our kids to turn out a certain way, but it does predispose them to turn out a certain way. I want to live my life in such a way that when my kids decide uh, I want to have uh, uh, my dad's God, he's my God. Uh, I want my own walk with God. Uh, I, I want to develop my own spiritual life. I, I want to give them enough reasons that they see in their dad that they're going to want to live their life here rather than here. Uh, rather than giving them excuses. And uh, uh, Remember David when he committed that adultery, he killed Uriah. Uh, you gave great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. You've given great occasion. Uh, what the man said that I would be a Christian if it were not for the lives of other Christians that I see. 
and, and so with that in mind, that slippage in mind, uh, where our entertainment, uh, first generation honors God, second generation appropriate but neutral, third generation inappropriate, uh, involvement in church, involved and invested, uh, involved and invested. Uh, yeah, they're a part of a church, but show me in the Bible where I have to be there uh, all the time. Uh, they don't want anything to do with church, uh, that relationship with God, the rules that they, that religion here, uh, rather than the relationship and the rebellion uh, over here, uh, answered prayer, God's answering prayer uh, here, they see God answering answering prayer uh, over here. They don't even pray. By the generational slippage, that generational uh, slide, fruitful walk with God, a, a frustrated stumbling through life, uh, and forsaking God uh, altogether. Joy is over here because uh, when you have that relationship with God, you realize uh, whether I have perfect health, or whether I have two weeks of, am I going to make it? Uh, uh, he still deserves our praise. He still deserves our worship. That's joy. Uh, this generation will have happiness based on the happenings of life. Pay raise, things are great. Uh, job loss, things are terrible. Uh, uh, good health, I'm going to worship. Uh, bad health, I'm going to complain. Uh, everything going perfect, then that's great. Uh, everything going bad, then that's not. Uh, joy, happiness, uh, and Boy, if you're not careful, uh, bitterness, uh, bitterness, uh, kind of spite towards, uh, kind of resentful towards that bitterness. Uh, and so this is all introduction to the book of Judges, that uh, um, uh, we're going to see uh, Deborah and Barak and Jael and different people all throughout, Gideon a couple weeks on, Samson a couple of weeks on. Uh, as we walk through the book of Judges, uh, let me give you three practical things with all of this in mind. Three practical things uh, that I need to do as a pastor uh, or a Sunday school teacher uh, or a uh, mentor uh, or a uh, boss at work uh, or a parent or a grandparent Three things that are going to help us with that slippage. Three things that will help us uh, with that slide. Is everybody ready? Put down point number one. Bring in the boundaries. Bring in the boundaries. Uh, I think that's what 1 Corinthians mean when it says, uh, our hearts here, but then the allowances. Now, whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. That's what uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2 talks about. Uh, a living sacrifice my whole life. Uh, I want God to have everything about me. Uh, bring in uh, the boundaries. I think we have a passage for the screens. It's uh, Ephesians chapter number 5, verse number 15, uh, addresses that when it says, See then that ye walk circumspectly. That circumference. Yeah, this is who I am, but I allow this way over here. Now, walk circumspectly. Bring in those boundaries uh, so there's, there's a true blue all the way through uh, 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 Monday, living the same way I lived on Sunday, Tuesday, uh, having the same heart I had on Sunday, Wednesday. Boy, uh, uh, walk circumspectly. Now, look how it uh, talks about that in verse number 1. Verse, verse number uh, 10, I'm sorry. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Bring in the boundaries. Bring in the boundaries. 
and have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore, he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. See then that ye walk circumspectly. Bring in the boundaries. Bring in every area of your life uh, into Christ's likeness because we want our kids, we want our followers to center their life on Christ. Uh, if you want to put down one word next to this, uh, bring in the boundaries. I think the most important word uh, for parenting is consistency. Consistency. Write that down. Consistency. Consistency. And so, uh, number one, bring in the boundaries. Put down number two. And I'm just talking about uh, how can we uh, alleviate, how can we uh, marginalize, how can we limit that natural slippage, that natural, natural slide uh, that takes place. Number one, uh, bring in the boundaries. Uh, number two, point to the perfect. Point to the perfect. Uh, there's a verse that says the servant is not greater than the, than the master, the disciple uh, not, not above his Lord. Uh, and, and, and it's, you'll, you'll only go as far as, you'll only go as far as uh, your leader, and I would agree with that if that human being is your leader, boy, I want the Lord Jesus Christ to be their leader. Uh, someone else said this, water never rises above the source. And I agree with that. But I'm not the source in parenting. God is. And my job is to be pointing my kids into a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And my goal is for them to far surpass anything that I could do as far as what God is doing through me. Does that make sense? Well, I don't want them to just say, well, well I'm looking at him, I'm looking at him, I'm looking at him. You may be looking at the wrong person. Uh, because the only person that doesn't have gaps, uh, the only person that doesn't have those, that, that circumference that's out there, uh, is the one in whom is no sin. Tempted in all points like as we yet without sin. The impeccability of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, I want to point people to him. And so number one, uh, bring in the boundaries. As leaders, as parents, as mentors, as Sunday school teachers, uh, bring in the boundaries, consistency. Uh, number two, point to the perfect. Point to the perfect uh, and write down the word humility. Humility. Uh, I don't want them hitching their wagon to me. Uh, my wagon has a wheel that's wobbly, okay? Uh, I don't want them hitching their wagon to me. Uh, I want them to hitch their wagon to the Lord Jesus Christ because his wagon is a chariot that leads all the way to heaven. Uh, and so, uh, bring in the boundaries, that's consistency. Uh, point to the perfect, uh, point to the perfect, uh, that's humility. Uh, and then number three, write this down, be clear in your convictions. Be clear in your convictions. Uh, and the two words to put down next, next to that uh, is clarity and transparency. Clarity and, and transparency. Uh, we need to be very clear uh, with the difference between the biblical and the unbiblical. 
Uh, it's not just rules in the home. It's not just rules in the workplace. It's not just because I said so. No, that, that's, the, that, that's the weakest form of leadership. Be very clear with the biblical and the unbiblical, but, but let me add this also. Uh, be very clear with the biblical, the unbiblical, and the extra-biblical. The extra-biblical. Now, this is what we do, but there's no real chapter verse about that, uh, because if not, we'll end up having the traditions of men to be at the same level as the commandments of God. Uh, and then when they, they vet it out, they test it out, they look for that reason about that, that, that rule, and they find out it's hollow, they end up doing the same thing with the Word of God. Uh, well, I was taught this, I, uh, I was shown this, and, uh, uh, and so we need to have that, that, that clarity, that clarity with our convictions. It's in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 15. And that from a child, uh, thou hast fully known the Holy Scriptures, Timothy, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, uh, profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And by the way, you take it two verses later, that's what our preaching from the pulpit should be. Preach the word, the word of God, uh, all the scripture of God. Hey, that's why we're going through the book of Judges, is because man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Father. And, and, and I will say this. The reason behind the rule is as important as the rule. The reason behind the rule is as important as the rule. And if you're not clear with that, they may still follow the rule, not understanding the reason, still follow the rule. Uh, I've had a, a couple of conversations with Stephen and Hannah. Uh, Stephen, you guys know pastoral staff here, and uh, Hannah, just proud of both of them. Uh, the, the thing I'm really focusing on is um, <laughs> not just that second chair, boy, Charlie and, and Jack. Uh, and then coming soon, Kyle and Everly. Man, I, I don't want to just raise and reach and bless. Uh, I want this to overflow all the way down to here. Uh, for Stephen and Hannah, though, a couple of times it was, uh, I, I don't expect as your dad for you to turn out exactly like I am, doing exactly like, like I do, uh, dotting every I and crossing every T, as much as walking with the Lord, spending time with the Lord, uh, reading the Word of God, uh, and if that turns out a little different than Dad, I'd be more proud of you in that than if all you did is just mirror and just mimic and just try to uh, imitate Dad, because there's only one person we should be trying to imitate, uh, and it's the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and so, uh, bring in the boundaries, that's consistency, uh, and then point to the perfect, that's humility, uh, and then be clear with our convictions, that's clarity, uh, that's transparency. Uh, but I think for all of us, uh, I think the first thing is to make sure that we're sitting in this chair. Uh, examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Um, did you read your Bible and pray this morning? Did you spend time with God? Hey, what Bible verse are you carrying with you today to memorize? 
How are you doing? It's 14 days into the new year. Uh, how's your Bible plan doing? How's your Bible reading doing? It's not too late to join up with mine. We can do it together. Uh, um, uh, how's that going here? Well, the best thing I'll ever do for my kids is to make sure their dad is right with God. To make sure that their dad uh, has that close personal relationship uh, with the Lord. Uh, well, why should we care anyway? We care because we're all about, Steve, reaching uh, the next one and connecting them to Christ uh, and to his church. An old man traveling a long highway came at evening, cold and gray, to a chasm vast and deep and wide through which was flowing a sullen tide. The old man crossed in the twilight dim, for the sullen stream had no fear for him. But he turned as he reached the other side and, and built a bridge to span the tide. Old man, uh, cried a fellow pilgrim near, you're wasting your time building here. Your journey will end at ending of day. You never again will pass this way. Uh, you've crossed that chasm deep and wide. Uh, why build you that bridge to span the tide? Uh, the builder lifted his old gray head. Good friend, along this path, he said, there followeth after me today a youth whose feet must pass this way. This chasm that was as naught to me, to this fair-haired youth may a pitfall be. He too may, must cross in the twilight dim. Good friend, I'm building this bridge for him. Good friend, I'm building this bridge for them. Uh, and so... Let's make sure that yeah, the reality hit me the most, probably not when uh, I said I do and Char said I do. That was mainly surprised she said I do. But anyway, uh, reality hit, I think, the strongest when, when Stephen was born, when Hannah were born. And I realized um, this isn't just about me. Why, there's so much more than just me that's affected by uh, how I live. And then Charlie was born, and then Jack was born. Uh, and then coming soon, again, Kyle, and then uh, Everly. Boy, let's make sure we're building bridges to that next generation, be it parenting uh, or Sunday school teaching or, or mentoring. Uh, or living our life in such a way that we give that next generation reasons on why they want to center their life here. And that is today's message. We invite you to tune in next time with Scott Toole as he presents another message from Rosedale Baptist Church. For more information about today's presentation or about the ministries of Rosedale Baptist Church, go online to rosedalebaptist.org. That's rosedalebaptist.org. Join us again next time as we study the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse.